Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to the 313th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Upgrade your audio game today by heading over to audiotechnica.com. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me as always, as is tradition, my podcast writer, Di, you can find her on them socials at Miss Ally Hart. Miss Ally Hart, for the first time in THG 2023, how the bloody hell are you? Happy New Year. No, I, there's, a, there's a cutoff, isn't there? Like when you can actually say that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I've been getting it all week. Yeah, really? Still? Yeah, got got customers sort of coming back for the first time, and and I kind of get it because haven't spoken to some of them in like a month or so, mm-hmm. so they do lead off with the happy new year. How was your holidays? And like you cringe every time, but at the same time, like you said, there needs to be a cut point. There has to be, but like, I, like who who decides when that cut off point is? Mm. Like, I don't like to be honest. Like, what is the exclamation of happy new year? Yeah, yeah, new year. New you, that kind of cliche. Yeah. Like, Jono was pretty, pretty sort of set in his ways where he said, what was it, January 16th? Uh, January 6th, I think he said in the chat, he's like, if you talk, say Happy New Year after January 6th to me, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to like you. So uh, I don't know if that's the hard and fast rule, but he's put a pretty stringent cutoff in place and that's, uh, that's his line that he draws in the sand. I'd like to see if he actually establishes his disdain for the, the person that actually just said it to him. I'd like to yeah, see what I'm that wait is until like next year. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get him on like the seventh. Yeah, see if he bites, <laughs> or he just tolerates me like he always does anyway. But yes, we are back for the first official time of 2023. New year, same us. So uh, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. But yeah, we are here talking all things games and culture for another year. 313th episode <laughs> of the official THG run sheet which is insane in itself but uh we're feeling good we're feeling energized we've got our water and our coffees in front of us well i've got coffee and water you don't have a coffee no that's that's dangerous we've established that ali's not allowed to have caffeine before talking so yeah you're too harsh on yourself i think you could have a coffee and and do this very well Mm, mm, we'll we'll decide i'll do it one time i'll I'll. the problem is (laughs) is that it's it goes morning coffee then after a certain point in the morning, it's energy drink. And then we end the day with coffee. So it'd be energy drink, fucking powered podcasting mm. right now. And I just think that's dangerous. An energy sandwich, one might say there with the, the coffee sort caffeine of- Caffeine sandwich. Is the bread in- uh, Caffeine's, yeah, that's better. Mm. Caffeine sandwich. I'd eat a caffeine sandwich. Ooh, a lot of sugar and a lot of anxiety. Yeah. It's uh, it's part of my regular well-balanced diet. So, uh, yeah, that works. But, yeah, we are back here. We aren't doing much news today, uh, but we just did want to acknowledge before we jump into, I guess, what we've been up to the last several weeks and then uh, looking forward to what's happening in 2023, that there has been a raft of firings across the industry with 
developers, publishers, media outlets, all swinging the axe very aggressively this last week. And it is horrible, horrible news. And hopefully everyone managed to land on their feet and find that next career step, which has a little bit of stability coming with it. Because holy shit, the stories we're seeing on the socials about more people uprooting their lives, moving across the country for their, in air quotes, dream job, only for it to be pulled out from under them within several months or a year is heartbreaking. So, uh, yeah, we, we send all the love and best wishes and, and hope that uh, everyone out there is doing the best they can considering the circumstance because it is horrific news. Yeah, 100%. It's just – it's a grim – grim look at uh how fickle the gaming media industry is right now and it's um it's funny because yeah like we've been in and around this this industry directly and indirectly for for a good long while now and we're sort of always you know just on just on the fringe we're on the fringe we we don't live that life day to day but we live it indirectly and, and we see the highs and the lows but it feels like this is one of the the first times in the past i don't know seven, eight years now where a lot of people are now starting to talk about maybe the games industry isn't for them due to the volatility. I've noticed a lot of that on the socials this week where they're sort of saying, you know what, I had a crack, but this place has just worn me down and broken my soul and my spirit. And maybe that's it. You know, I'm out because the passion is no longer there due to this just instability all the time. I mean, I understand. Imagine going to college, university, putting all that money in to either get some kind of degree in journalism or creative writing or game development or whatever area it was that you had every intention of joining to be in the gaming space, only to start seeing that you're not guaranteed that position and chances are you'll have to relocate to expensive areas and you're probably not going to get paid that well. And because it is so competitive that maybe you want a decent wage, but they're still going to opt for maybe the young person that wants to just get in for any price. So it's, it's not good. It's a very cutthroat world out there. And yeah, hopefully everyone's doing as good as they can be considering the circumstance and hopefully this is the last raft of firings and cutting and redundancies that has occurred. But sadly, I'd say this will be a very infrequent topic here in THG in 2023 again because those big corporate greed machines, they are the best way to increase profits is to cut that bottom line. And yeah, we're all just cogs in a broader machine for the most part, which is depressing to say and even more depressing to think about. But yeah, yeah just stay safe out there and... Yeah, there's plenty of good people that have already made contact and, and shared job vacancies and, and potential openings to try and pull those people across into some more stable lines of employment. So hopefully everyone's doing okay. And uh, yeah, stay stay safe out there. And to corporate America or corporate global clients, fuck you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about... Anything of note that we've been doing the last several weeks? Uh, truth be told, from a gaming perspective, I haven't been playing a ton. And some of the gaming that I've been dabbling in, I can't talk about just yet. But uh, I've been watching a lot of things, to no one's surprise. been watching a lot of anime. Don't need to go into specifics on that. You can hear me ranting about that in a new podcast that's coming mm-hmm. out this week as well. But, Miss um, Hart, I see you've been jumping back into... A little old block-based ditty that uh, 
took your attention again by looks of things. Yeah, I'm like crazy obsessed with Minecraft at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, I apologize. I know it's like very like generic kind of gaming stuff and very probably boring to listen about, but it's it's currently on the up and up. Um, I'm seeing a lot of uh, popular streamers, YouTubers and everything playing it. Um, my interest peaked because um, I'm seeing a lot of custom servers and one of them is like doing the purge at the moment. And that to me is just brilliant. So it, you know, reignited my love for Minecraft. So I've been going back and exploring that and probably being a bit more adventurous than I used to be um, mm -hmm. and actually doing more than just building and building, which is fine. It's, you know, if you're a Minecraft builder, it's perfectly valid way to play the game. But yeah, I started to um yeah, get a bit more adventurous, I guess. So um lots of fun. It's it's a great game. That purge uh server or purge concept in Minecraft sounds like it would be fantastic. I I've only ever watched, I think, the first two movies. it feels like there's sixty five of them out I now. I feel like there's T V series yeah. and but the, the concept and then the, the first films that came out were really great. And I like the thought of that one night of violence where you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want and, and no one is safe. I think that could be some high stakes Minecrafting, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. A lot of TNT, a lot of like overpowered weapons and such. It's great. That's great. Yeah. Is it like a permadeath thing? Like where if no. you do die to the purge? Oh, okay. No, no, no. But like, like as the purge is, it's like all... All rules are gone, like, you know, you can kill, you can steal, you can, like, all that sort of stuff. So if you're a person that's been building up your base and you've got some pretty cool shit and people know about it, chances are when the purge happens, <sighs> your base is getting stormed. And Yeah. yeah. So. Did, did your base get stormed? Did your stuff get stormed? Oh, I'm, I'm not doing purge, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Oh, you've just been watching on. But I've been watching and, like, learning... <laughs> That sounds bad, but like learning um, how to more appropriately kit myself out, which I never used to do because builder. Um, but uh, I, I am going to probably start looking at the ways to actually participate in these kind of creative servers because, yeah. Nice. It's, it sounds like a ton of chaotic fun mm. and uh, would make some memorable moments, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I haven't been playing much of note. Dabbled a little bit in Fortnite here and there Same. just as a nice little mindless time killer. Mm. Still enjoying it. The new season's going well. The the hammers can still get in the bin very, very swiftly, please. I cannot Boy. stand them hammers. But uh, overall, it's been fun. Overall, I've been wasting a lot of money in the store to no one's surprise and chasing them crowns. But yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Looking forward to... The smattering of, of games that are coming out over the next couple of weeks, which is exciting. But yeah. uh, something that we've collectively watched, uh, we've both checked out the menu. But what uh, what you guys can do is we've got a new sort of offshoot podcast that's available exclusively to uh, Kofi subscribers. So uh, you can get access to this podcast for the low, low price of $1 per month, available exclusively through our Discord. Links are in the show notes for that. And we're going to be talking about our thoughts on The Menu, a movie we both watched this past week or two, I'm assuming. Yeah, you watched it recently yeah, as well? this weekend, yeah. Everyone was raving about it. I'm like, yes, I need to watch it. Yeah, so, so we both checked that out and you can hear our full spoilery thoughts on our new little offshoot podcast. Head on over to Discord there. 
You'll find a link to that this week. Uh, it'll be dropping around or just slightly after this THG recording there. So it'll be out this week, which you can check out. And we're going to be dropping that podcast exclusively every week. And it's just a little little, little bonus, little extra podcast within a podcast, you could sort of say. We record it on the back end of THG. And we talk about a whole host of things that can be related to gaming, culture, or everything else in between. Yeah. A little, little extra for those who um, do that little extra to support us. So. That's it. That's it. Little little taster. But something that we have watched that we can talk about, which weaves nicely into the Hungry Gamers and our ethos. The Last of Us TV series has debuted this past week on HBO slash Foxtel slash Binge here in Australia to much critical acclaim. Uh, it's the, the second most watched uh, debut for a show on HBO behind House of the Dragon in HBO's history. And... You're an episode in. By the time this podcast drops, you'll wait a few more hours and episode two will have come out. But Miss Hart, being the, uh, I guess we could say the least, hmm, what's the right way to put it here? Being the, not not the biggest The Last of Us fan, mm-hmm. I think you could admit to that. You, you haven't really grasped or latched onto the games and, and you're not I'm not really attached, that life. yeah. Yeah. Did, did this show and this first episode, did it attach to you in a good way? Well... Yeah, it's great. I loved it. It was good. <laughs> that yeah. was nice and suspenseful. Uh, it was it was a banger. Like, yeah, it was a fantastic opening episode to this this first season. Hopefully, we get a second season announced, maybe off the back of the continued success of this show, because the world will not stop talking about The Last of Us, and rightfully so. Uh, Bella Ramsey, Pedro Pascal playing Ellie and Joel, respectively. Mwah. Phenomenal interpretations. Love the characters on the screen. Love the almost scene-for-scene remakes from the game to the screen in a lot of ways. But Mm -hmm. then I also like some of the changes they've done with it and some of the additional world-building they provide, like the the open uh, talking about... um, global viruses and the risks of pandemics and things like that. I really like that addition to the show and it really dug deep into my bones because obviously we've been dealing with COVID now for several years. So it really, really hit home. And I think it probably did for a lot of people there where it just gave us this instant connection between the last of us and real real world right now as far as things we're dealing with directly slash indirectly and it was just really set the tone and it just got me good and I love seeing John Hanna on there even though I always think of the mummy every time when I see him but him as the the doctor explaining pandemics and and the risk with fungi and everything else like that oh, it, was, yeah. it was really cool my brain was like ticking I'm like the mummy I don't think that was him <laughs> they're like oh no I see yeah 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 <laughs> Rachel Rachel Weiss's brother yeah if I remember yeah right. brother yeah in in those fantastic films but yeah it's it's so good it grabbed me right from the get-go my feelings were up down round and round even though I knew a lot of what was coming it still hit me like a truck and uh yeah got me very emotional and I cannot wait for episode two and beyond yeah like um so I I have played the start of this game so I know what happens at least at the start um I was kind of caught off guard by some choices that they made but then actually it was really cool watching because after you watch the episode, they had a kind of behind the scenes um, 
little featurette and then they kind of explain some of the choices that they made and then I realized like once I explained I'm like actually that makes a lot of sense I get it now that's a very good um, juxtaposition that they're doing there so um, yeah like I, I I think I really also benefit from not playing the game because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of things where I'm questioning um, what's happening or what choices were made or like dissecting or anything like that. I just get to kind of just watch it, have a good understanding. Like I'm not completely lost, um, but I'm also not completely committed to any kind of concept and idea. So it's been great. Pedro Pascal, he is just such a terrific actor, being person. Um, mm-hmm. It's just great seeing him succeed. Um, not sure if we can consider him typecasted at the moment. <laughs> um, he's currently, well, he's got, let's be honest, he's going to be leading two of the most um, top tier series that are out there, uh, especially in the pop culture space with Mandalorian, but also looking after a child. But yeah, he's the surrogate daddy, he, isn't he? Yeah, he's internet's daddy, apparently. Not complaining. No, me either. <laughs> uh, but um, he's done great in this role. Um, it, it, like, I, it's, uh, what's her name? Tess? Yeah, by Anna Torv. Love me some Anna Torv. Love her so much. I didn't know who she was based on just watching the show. And then when I looked at her, I'm like, man, they did really well. Like, I get it. Like, you know, this, like... The, the times and space is like no one's looking good, no one's looking their best kind of thing like that, but the makeup job they did on her was absolutely brilliant because mm-hmm. she's absolutely stunning. So they really um like had to roughen her up for this uh, role. So, um but yeah, I, I'm really excited for the future episodes. I'm curious how much into the story they're going to get into it before the, you know, season ends. Uh, I'm assuming they, they're going to break it up since they are making some choices, but I don't know, like, has there yeah. been any um, information on how they are actually going to be doing the story in comparison to, like, seasons and episodes? No, they haven't They haven't said anything publicly. There's probably a few spoiler-laden reviews out there. True, yeah. Because uh, we've got, yeah, nine episodes in season one. So we've got another eight episodes to go after the after the first drop last week. So we've got a, got a couple of months of, of viewing ahead of ourselves. And I reckon if the numbers continue to spike on episode two or even maybe episode three, I reckon HBO are going to announce a second season on like maybe in the next week or so. Like if the numbers and the the global press coverage is, is continuing to be positive. I reckon in the next yeah seven days or so, they'll announce that it's been renewed for a second season because obviously we've got the two games that are currently out there in existence to build off and then potentially spin-offs or, or continue to build out this world because I feel we've probably got more Last of Us on the way from a video game perspective outside of the multiplayer, that's for sure. But True. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to see where this this goes. And so far, they've just nailed the casting, all the casting choices. I I love it. I love the subtle changes they've made to some of the characters, whether it be the vocal delivery or or just some of the the scenes that we've been familiar with in the games, just getting reworked ever so slightly to just fit into this actor's more comfort zone. But I'm I'm digging it. It's it's very well justified as far as the the love it's getting. You know, it's it's extremely well reviewed on Metacritic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And 
Yeah, I'm keen to see uh, Nick Offerman make an appearance yes. in the next couple of episodes as well. So that's going to be fun because he's just a good dude. And um, with characters portraying, I'm very excited to see how Bill gets played out on screen. But uh, I'm in. I'm so in. This uh, feels like it's going to be, you know, we're episode in. But if it continues this path, it's going to be one of the best new things on television for 2023. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, episode two will be out, yeah, in the next few hours after this episode's dropped, if you're listening to it on the Monday. So uh, get excited to see what episode two brings us because the the ending of episode one was uh, nice, nice, Mm. nice. All right, uh, let's jump into a quick bit of... Oh, no, let's not jump into a quick bit of housekeeping because there's one other thing you've been watching that I just want to get your thoughts on. You've been watching Spy Family. I did. Oh, yeah, I you don't like it. No, I turned it off. Um, I thought I I thought I'd report uh, report back because it was definitely one of the animes that you told me like you you should watch it. And it's not just you, by the way. Like it's very very popular amongst different circles. So I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to love this one. I'll watch it. Um, I can see what people might enjoy about it, but it is um extremely slow. Um, there's weird interactions, like very tropey interactions, um, in like certain relationships. I don't know if I'm spoiling or anything like that. So I'm just going to keep it very vague. Um, yeah. And then I'm already at an episode that is a filler episode clearly. And I'm like, this is like, this is one of my five episodes in and there's already a filler episode. And I, I'm sorry, I can't stand the kid's voice. I can tell that's a, an adult so, oh, so you're watching? You're watching the dub? Am I? Yes, I think. You're, I think. You're telling the story. I, I think I did. I think I. I think I left this one in English so I could do my nails. I, I have to. <laughs> I have that to. might be the most feminine thing I've ever heard you say since I've known you. <laughs> There's not a lot of girly things about me, but I absolutely love my claws. So. Um, got to keep them intact. So I have to, it has to be in English so I can like look down and like absorb something while doing something else. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah cool. it was, it was, it was a little annoying. So yeah, I can see why people okay. liked it, but it is just not for me. Okay. And that's fair. You know what? That's, that's nothing wrong with that. You, you gave it a crack and the fact that you got five-ish, ep- five-ish episodes in is a good measuring stick, I think, to, to determine if you want to keep going for the other 20-odd episodes that are out now for season one. That's what happened is that I, like, I'm like, oh, like, usually anime is, like, kind of, sometimes the seasons aren't very long. Let me just see how many episodes got left. And I saw, like, the 20-plus or whatever, however many yeah. episodes. I literally went, fuck that, and then turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> the forges, their little hearts all collectively broke instantly. <sighs> yeah. Well, you gave it a go. I did. I tried. I love it, but there's plenty of other anime out there for you and everyone else. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can check it out on the new anime-focused podcast that we've got dropping this week called More Than Hentai. So check that out. Maybe, oh, I'm not going to drag in there now to talk about Spy Family. I was going to say, I'm like, something. I am going to lose any opportunity of ever appearing on this podcast. No, we'll see. We'll see. I got, I got a few that I think uh, fit more in your wheelhouse compared to uh, Spy Family. But uh, a little quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously mentioned at the drop there, uh, you can support us over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. We've uh, retooled the Kofi page. 
We've simplified it to three tiers, starting from $1 per month, getting you exclusive access to exclusive podcasts, as well as giveaways and everything else in between. We're talking merchandise, swagger, games every month, so on and so forth. But also, if you wanted to get us on your person for a more fabric-y comfort level, you can do so over at shop8bit.net. A ton of designs over there coming in forms of t-shirts, hats, hoodies, socks, jocks, bibs. Bonnets. Bonnets. Yeah, that's the word. I was trying to think. I'm like, what's the other B? And You, you saved me there. So shop8bit.net to get the best in video game and pop culture related Sorry. merchandise. But uh, yeah, videogamesandculture.com is our official hub. You can check out all things 8-bit over there. But yeah, let's jump on in, Miss Hart. We're not doing any news. We're not going to be uh, weaving or not to weaving. No shoot from the hip today. We're just going to jump in and have a look forward as far as things to uh, get excited about mm. in 2023 from a gaming perspective because, uh, yeah, we've got a ton of games on the way and uh, I'm just going to move through it from a calendar perspective. So oh, I'll work yeah. my way from, from January through to, uh, I guess, June-ish is, June-July is probably the last official uh, confirmed release dates for notable titles, and then it gets into the, in parentheses, 2023 releases, potentially maybe pending delays and things. So, sure. like, we've just had Fire Emblem Engage drop this past week, uh, our Switch exclusive. We've got a new protagonist making its way to that series. I have not really touched a Fire Emblem game, but uh, seeing a lot of mutuals on Twitter, they've been speaking very, very highly of their time on this one so far. It's getting reviewed pretty well. Will I jump into it? Probably not, but I'm happy to uh, see more continued success with Fire Emblem there, with Fire Emblem Engage. This coming week, we've got Forspoken coming out oh, on the PlayStation 5 and it? PC. <laughs> Yeah, it's just snuck out of nowhere. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about how uh, how grunty your PC needs to be to play this game. Uh, so hopefully you've got a PlayStation 5 and you don't have to worry about having enough, enough GPU and uh, RAM to make it work. But I'm interested in Forspoken. Oh, yeah? I know the tone is a little hurdy-gurdy, a little bit janky. But like having Gary Witter, Amy Henning and Todd Stashwick part of the writing team there... I feel that there's some potential there for this thing to be good and maybe just the trailers have just cut the worst possible parts into it as far as the tone and the lines. So fingers crossed because I'm such a sucker for an anime isekai and that's what this sort of concept is in video game form. So let's see what happens to Frey as she gets uh, transported into this other fantasy-based world this coming week. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I don't know if uh, reviews will be dropping, but you still might have some time to head on over to our Discord and drop your Metacritic prediction, uh, prediction in for Forspoken and win um, some pizza on us. So uh, check that out. Get in if you can before these reviews drop because once they do, that voting line is closed and no pie for you. Uh, later this month as well, on January 27th, Dead Space comes out. Oh. The remake of Survival Horror Classic very excited for this seeing like snippets coming out of this one and i remember we were kind of making mention that like was dead space gonna find himself victim to callisto protocol hype and mm-hmm. when we saw what happened with that game unfortunately um but like what i've been seeing um the promotional stuff they've been sending out and um just i think just general screenshots i think they've been um it looks good it looks it looks very it really polished it really does 
it really does. It looks terrifying in all the right ways. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's funny because, yeah, we were sort of saying throughout last year that Callisto might be the Dead Space killer, but it feels like Dead Space is going to rise from the ashes here and potentially overthrow Callisto because even though Callisto sold a couple of million copies, mm. it drastically underperformed in comparative comparison to the budget. They wanted to sell $5 million, I think, around launch, and they only sold 2.3 or something from what I could remember seeing um, on gamesindustry.biz there. But, yeah, I'm very keen to see what uh, Isaac Clarke is up to and all these creepy-ass necromorphs doing all kinds of nightmare fuely things to ourselves. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens when this game comes out in six days' time. Wow. Six days' time. Uh, moving into February, we've got a fair few games coming out worth your attention good, bad, or otherwise. The the biggest one and the most divisive game I feel that I can remember of the past decade plus, maybe, maybe forever, I don't know. But Hogwarts Legacy comes out on February the 10th. See, we don't need to go into the specifics as far as why this game is so polarizing, but it has a lot to do with JK Rowling and her archaic backwards incorrect opinions and some of the things she says on social media. And you can read up on that yourself and decide if that's something that you can disconnect from the game to be able to play and enjoy this game. Mm. Or if you just want to forget that this game ever even existed, that's fine. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer for this one, but February the 10th, this game is coming out. I feel this might be one of the biggest releases of the year, irrespective of all the drama and attachments to it. I feel this game is probably going to sell very well because a lot of casual fans that aren't, I guess, stuck in the day-to-day happenings around J.K. Rowling and the things she says, just general general fans of Harry Potter, I feel, will probably flock to this game and pick this up, and it's probably going to sell very, very well for this year, I reckon. Well, there's a matter of it selling well and it actually being a good game. Like, yeah. I've everything I've seen of this, I just I don't care to play it. It just isn't my thing. Um, like it just doesn't look like that interesting to me. There's nothing um, about the universe that is that appealing. So I'm just like, eh, I can skip that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is no uh, there is no playable version of Quidditch in the game. There's no Wizards Chess or Gobstones. So uh, yeah, Avalanche Software, who's developing this game, weren't able to uh, incorporate playable elements of those into the game itself. So if you are a Quidditch super fan. Don't jump into the game thinking you're going to be able to fly around and try and catch that snitch because uh, it ain't happening. Maybe there's going to be some cutscenes on it, but uh, you're not going to be able to play it. Mm. Uh, we've got Wild Hearts coming out this uh, next month as well, which is uh, EA's version of Monster Hunter, you could say. Mm. It's coming out on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC on the 17th of February. Looks interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest Monster Hunter fan. Now it's available, Monster Hunter Rise on Game Pass. I'm debating maybe jumping on because could get a crew together and go hunt big beasties and stuff, but they're such big investments, those games. No interest. <laughs> no interest. The next one, I reckon you're going to have interest in the next one, Atomic Heart, which is a sci-fi focused first-person shooter. It's getting a lot of Bioshock comps. And when I hear Bioshock getting mentioned as far as a game... Uh, have it like in the same breath as another game i'm like okay i've already been interested when they announced atomic heart about 12 months ago the fact that mick gordon composed the original music for this game as well obviously who was the the longtime doom composer some a whole other thing to unpack there yeah. but um it looks really great it looks creepy it looks gory 
and having this sort of Soviet backdrop combining with some love letters to Bioshock and just that eeriness and creepiness, I am down for this come February 21 of next month. I've never played a Bioshock, so I don't have that like that need to play it. But like mm-hmm. I, I understand the Bioshock references and aesthetics and stuff. I get Bioshock and like Wolfenstein. Yes, uh, vibes. Yes. So if I am more inclined to play this game, it would be that Wolfenstein angle. Um, I, yeah, like like it does look pretty and it looks like it looks good, but there still hasn't been. I don't know if it's the narrative or what, but nothing has actually kind of drawn me in to be like, yeah, it looks good, and this is why you should play it. It's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. it looks good. I'm like, well, that you know, <laughs> cool That's that fair. it looks good. <laughs> But yeah, I'll, I, I guess time of release, I'll kind of maybe watch some people play it, probably get a bit more information on what it is exactly, and then I, I guess I'll make my decision if I'll um, jump into that one. That's that's more than justified, I think. But yeah, from from the trailers and the the B roll and, and some of the gameplay I've seen, I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 into this world. I was very hyped when it got announced initially uh, through the Xbox showcase. And it looks great. And just that accompanying soundtrack, I feel it's going to be just the best crunchy, visceral, gory, hyper-violent experience. And um, yeah, anytime a game gets comped to Bioshock, even though you haven't played a Bioshock game, I have played them and I love them. So I'm excited. Uh, the day after that game comes out, we've got Horizon Call of the Mountain, mm, which is the standalone PSVR 2 spinoff. Okay, I've got a PSVR 2 pre-ordered. I'm going to play Call of the Mountain when it comes out. Love Horizon for anyone that's listened to this podcast once or twice would know that. And yeah, let, let's see how it translates to the, the virtual reality space. I like, uh, I've always said that Horizon looks great. I always said that the universe looks really pretty. So I could imagine, I really hope in VR that um, these experiences that they translate into VR just lets you just kind of just wander. Like, I know that that's probably really difficult to do, but. Like that would be the thing that would gravitate me to VR is like, like you can just wander the plains, you know, you you see that mountain, you can walk over there if you want. You can just sit there and just look around, meditate if you want, or, you know, translate to other games, like just walk around like Midnight City and Cyberpunk. Like that's what, that's what I want. I want that kind of immersion, but I guess maybe with these kind of games, it might be a little bit more limited. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out because mm. they've, they've got uh, the the release slate for the PSVR 2 that's been doing the rounds this week where we've got, you know, 30 or so PSVR 2 titles dropping in and around launch. So we've got a, a good smattering of titles to experience and hopefully there's some big sandboxes there that we can just, yeah, get immersed in and, and lose ourselves for hours and hopefully not feel any form of motion sickness by doing so. Oh, gosh. Yeah, fingers crossed there. We've got Company, Hero, Company of Heroes 3 returning... On February twenty third, with its first mainline entry in over a decade, yeah. with two very distinct campaigns attached to that one, so uh, it'll be interesting. I'm um, I've dabbled with Company Heroes one, I think. I don't think I played two, but uh, yeah, it's coming out on PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC. Uh, Sons of the Forest is coming out on February the twenty third on PC as well, and it's the sequel to one of PC's best survival horror games known as The Forest, 
super freaking creepy. I've played the forest a little bit and it does get the old skin crawling and uh, yeah, it's all kinds of messed up. I like that you've got that sort of forage survival mechanic thrown in as well as just general survival because there's all kinds of crazy beasts and people and cannibals, cannibals trying to yeah. bloody get you and eat your skin. Yeah. You going to play Sons of the Forest? I haven't played the first one. Oh, you going to play the first one? It's hard to find people to line that kind of game, um, game room. So. <laughs> We've got uh, the early access of Kerbal Space Program 2 coming out on February 24th. So if you're into that space flight simulation game, you can get amongst Kerbal Space Program 2. Octopath Traveler 2 also comes out on February the 24th on PlayStation, Switch, and PC. I really enjoyed Octopath Traveler, the original that came out from Square in 2018. Nice little sort of 2D JRPG throwback there. So I'm excited to jump into 2 and see what's happening in that world again because uh, it's charming, it's heartfelt, it's gripping, it's simple, but it's also very complex. And I'm all for Octopath Traveler. Moving into March, the day before comes out in March and it is a open world survival MMO making its way to PC. It's got console versions coming out at a later date, but it's a zombie. It's set in a zombie field post pandemic America and the day before mixes survival gameplay with in-depth combat and animal crossing inspired base building. I just remembered this game. I'm like, why does the name sound familiar? And then I'm like, Oh, that's right. This is that. That's like, have we we haven't actually seen anything from this, have we? Seen a little bit. They've got a couple little CGI trailers and whatnot, and the the world, well, the gaming world, I should say, is pretty hyped because it is the second, like, it is currently the second most wishlisted game on Steam, trailing only Hogwarts Legacy. So there is a lot of people excited to jump into the day before and see if this is going to be one of the next big MMOs to uh, rise and hopefully not fall. But, uh, yeah, coming out on March 1st. It's looking um, very shit. What's that game by Ubisoft? (laughs) 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 Bad wording. Um, What's that game? I'm going to have to come back. I'm like, it's completely mind blanked. It was the game that we really, really enjoy and we play for like a month. And it's like the city city thing. But I'll get back to you. You you think in the division? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, Ali was not saying the game. It looks really shit. No, she, she just... She's she blanked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just brain farted and shit came out. We all do that sometimes, sadly. Uh, the next one coming out on March the 3rd, Wulong Fallen Dynasty. That is the next action game from Team Ninja, obviously who were behind Neo and Ninja Gaiden. Looks pretty fun. Uh, we do get the easy Souls-like comp that gets thrown into all these things all the time now. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging and demanding. But, uh, yeah, coming out March the 3rd on all of the platforms, it looks super fun. The art style's cool. Anything that jumps into that sort of uh, samurai ninja-esque world, yeah. I'm all for it. But it looks like this is going to be a bit punishing and probably hurt my soul, similar to what an Elden Ring or a Neo does to myself. Mm. Yeah, probably a little too challenging for me, but I can always look at the how, how nice it looks and watch mm-hmm. other people stress over playing it. That's it. And I think I'm going to watch other people play Bayonetta Origins 
Cereza and the Lost Demons. So that is the spin-off um, off the back of the mainline Bayonetta series. Mm. It's making its way to Switch exclusively on March the 17th. Different type of art style, different type of concept to the standard Bayonetta trilogy so far. Uh, the next one I'm going to be all over is Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming out on March 17th on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. It is the follow-up to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is jumping forward in the gaming timeline five years. So I'm very curious to see what our old Cal Kestis and co. have been up to in that five-year span. I loved me some Jedi Fallen Order, so I'm keen as a bean for Jedi Survivor. Yeah. I, I mean, it was really well-received, and I think that it's just going to look even better, so... Yes, yes, indeed. Very excited. And the next game is one of the games I'm most excited for for the entirety of 2023. And we're talking about the Resident Evil 4 remake coming to platforms on March 24th. I know that this is just about your favorite Resident Evil game. If I recall from discussions we've had, you've spoken very positively about Resident Evil 4 over the years. And uh, yeah, are you, are you hyped for some remake coming out in March? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to revisit it. It was the, the only Resident Evil game that I played for like the longest time until I played the other remake. Two. RE2? Yeah. And then I got yeah. <laughs> stuck on a, what was it, a fire hydrant? That's nice. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But Resident Evil 4 was the first Resident Evil I played on a GameCube. Yes, yes, yes. The reason I bought a GameCube was for Resident Evil Remake and then Resident not Evil double 4 dash. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, not Double Dash. Double Dash is great. I love Double Very Dash. Very fun. Yeah, I think my GameCube's still in the cupboard somewhere, but don't ask me where. Hmm. Out there in the ether. But yeah, I'm super hyped. March 24th for... My early feeling for personal game of the year, that's for sure. If they can execute this to the standard that I feel they could, especially off the back of Resident Evil 2 Remake, we don't need to talk about Nemesis as much, but Resident <laughs> Evil 2 Remake, if it's that, that same tier, mm, let's go. Next game coming out in March on the 28th is Crime Boss, which is that game with everybody's favorite action stars from the 80s and yesteryear where the, the trailer showed Michael Madsen, Danny Glover, Danny Trejo, Vanilla Ice, yeah. Chuck Norris, etc., etc. And it's set in a fictional version of 90s Florida. So it's got quite the vibe, quite the aesthetic. And the trailer looks funky as hell. And does that mean it's going to be a great game? Oh, no. Not by any means. But uh, it's certainly got my attention as far as this action FPS. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm really, really interested in it. I just, I want to know because I feel like it was just dropped it on, like, dropped on us at the Game Awards. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming out, like, March. So it's like, what is this? It's like, it's it's this, like, weird, exotic, rare piece of, <laughs> piece of gaming that I just want to know about. Yeah, it's got, got like a cast of heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. Some less relevant than others these days. Which but yeah, I love that this was this was sort of not stealth dropped, but the fact that it's been announced and it's coming out within a six-month window, I love that type of marketing for, for content. Yeah, and I think it's good. It keeps us, it keeps us keen. We, we haven't established any ideas about it. We're interested about it. And by the time that like it comes out, we'll have everything that we need to know instead of a lot of speculation and... Just trailer after trailer after trailer. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm keen. Will the game be good? Yeah. TBD. But uh, we're at least interested in trying it in March on the 28th. It's only coming out on PC to begin with. Consoles at a later date. Not yet confirmed, though, what that date would be. 
Uh, we've got System Shock Remake. So we're talking about the remake of the 1994 first-person action-adventure game that was the inspiration for things like Bioshock and Deus Ex, mm. uh, making its way to console as well as PC in March. I got to play a little bit of this at PAX last year. I enjoyed what they're doing with it. I like that they've sort of changed some of the aesthetic, obviously, to modernize it and make it look a bit sexier than it was way back in 1994. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm down for some more weird, creepy, haunting science fiction. So uh, let's see how System Shock looks and feels in full when it drops in March. Did you ever play System Shock? No, that was, like, one of the ones that I never played, but I, I knew about. Like, it was very um, popular in the PC space. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving into April, April the 28th, the biggest one to talk about is Dead Island 2. Obviously, that was meant to be out in January, February, but they delayed it even though the game was uh, only announced in 2022 itself. So uh, I I do appreciate that they moved the date. Will that April 28th date be the final? Who knows? Will Mm. it get delayed again? Maybe. But uh, from what we've seen of Dead Island 2 so far, it's just as gory and messed up as it's like the predecessor there with Dead Island 1. I'm excited to uh, smash up zombies with all kinds of weird weapons and creative things from the environment in first-person glory. Yeah. They have April to themselves, so I don't think it's, you know, too bad that they've moved it there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very valid. Until... Until we move into May, and we've got The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So that is the follow-up to Breath of the Wild. May 12th, it's coming out. Nintendo Switch exclusive, obviously. Uh, The world is very excited about this. I am lukewarm because I'm not the biggest (laughs) Zelda fan. (laughs) I will play it. Will it be on a lot of people's games of the year list if it even just manages to meet the quality of Breath of the Wild? No doubt. No doubt. It feels like it's going to be one of the most talked about games of this year, good, bad, or otherwise. I'd say mostly good. But let's see what's going on in Tears of the Kingdom. Are you excited for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? I'm not, like, excited. Um, but I, I would say of all the major titles coming out this year, this is probably one that I will play. Yeah. So, so we'll see just how much this pushes that little switch to the limits as well because, uh, yeah, I feel that that piece of hardware is on its last legs and they need to bring out a much stronger unit if they really want to elevate some of these games, especially yeah. something like a Tears of the Kingdom. But Nintendo gonna Nintendo. So let's see how this thing looks and plays and feels come May 12th. If we jump two weeks past that, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League comes out on May 26th on console and PC. A lot of the world was very excited uh, until this too. week yeah. when um, they found out that this is going to be sort of a games-as-a-service type of model where there's going to be battle passes slash season passes there where you're paying for power potentially. So uh, that has really put a bit of a, a division amongst the player base where there was a lot of people, myself included, very excited to play Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. But seeing that little detail trickle out this week, I'm like, ooh, that's not a good time. 
Yeah, I I was excited about this one. This like looked pretty cool. Like I was very curious about how they were going to approach this game if it was going to be in the same kind of vein as like the kind of Arkham series kind of thing, having this whole cityscape to kind of wander and having side quests and encounters with different members in the DC universe or whatever. Uh but yeah, the latest news and such has just kind of put a downer. Um, although I also was getting pretty pretty turned off on more of the content that they were showing. I think that there was a trailer that was released recently um, and th- I, there was a lot going on it in the trailer that I was really kind of making me, uh, mm, it's not looking good. Harley's voice is really annoying me for some reason in that, um, in that game as well. Um, so yeah, I used Suicide Squad. It's it's no longer one of my anticipated. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm lukewarm. I like the thought of still being able to to run around with yourself and three other people through Metropolis. I think that's fun that we can have that sort of squad based insanity. Uh, it's also, from what I understand, uh, Kevin Conroy's last uh, acting credits yeah. as far as Batman. So, be nice to hear him immortalized forever in this game. Just hopefully, hopefully, Rocksteady can do well. Like, they've, they've nailed the Batman formula, so I feel if they can take a lot of what they've learnt over the years with the Arkham trilogy and weave it into this with some multiplayer, I think we're in a good spot. But just don't rely so heavily on the battle pass and the pay-for-power type of nonsense because that's not a good time. No. All right, moving into June. So the first half of the year all but confirmed we've got street fighter 6 coming out on june 2nd across all the platforms uh 18 fighters are going to be available at launch in that one we've talked about street fighter 6 a lot since it was announced i love the art style i love the larger than life characters that they're starting to lean into a lot more with street fighter 6 and i'll give that a spin we'll ever make it to the pro circuit no way in hell but i'll certainly give it a go for a week or two at launch and then probably pivot to something else because four days after Street Fighter Six comes out on June the sixth of twenty twenty three, but if we go two times three in twenty twenty three, it's six six six. Diablo four comes out on console and PC, and I am hyped as hell for this one. Yes, can't wait! Excited, excited! It looks really good. Like there's obviously a bit of bullshit that's kind of been attached to Immortals. Uh, on the, mm-hmm. the the mobile or I guess which was then exported onto other devices as well. But um, I mean, it's Diablo has been a long time since um, you know, since Diablo three, which I loved. Like I said, owned it, owned it up on a bunch of different consoles. Um, and it just looks good. It looks dark. It looks broody, and it's just one of those games where you can play um, you know, play with your friends, and it's kind of, I think it does it it, it does multiplayer pretty well. So. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this one. I'm looking forward to rolling out in this with you yeah, yeah, yeah. because we didn't really get to play much or any of three together. I think I just smashed it out over a weekend yeah, with NATO, yeah. if I recall, and Benny. So I'm excited to jump into four because, like you said, it looks great. It looks brooding and eerie and the combat looks good and just that gothic medieval vibe it's got going on. I want it all in my veins. So... Yeah, cannot wait for that to come out on June 6th on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. And the other game that is uh, Big Old Diddy coming out in June as well 
on June 22nd to be specific is Final Fantasy 16 and it's going to be up there as far as the biggest games of the year I have no doubt about that everyone loves them some Final Fantasy it looks visually stunning do I know what's going on in the story from all the trailers I've watched no fucking way I've got no clue what's going on here but I'm very very intriguing to see what happens in um, Valisthea, I think is how you pronounce the world this game is set in. It's okay. It's and, Final um, Fantasy. Say it however you yeah, think. <laughs> close enough. But I do love that the, the main protagonist, his name is Clive. Clive Rossfield. Hmm. So let's see what Clive gets up to in this game where they've got that real-time combat uh, formula still coming at you. But uh, it looks fun coming out on, yeah, June 22nd on PlayStation 5 and then on to future platforms after six months of exclusivity there. But yeah, Miss Hart, that is what's coming out that's confirmed between now and the first half of 2023. We've got a ton of other games that fall into, you know, the spring or the, um, you know, the fall windows and things like that. But we don't need to really go into specifics there. We've got a a ton of cool titles. We're still waiting to see when when Redfall is going to drop, when Starfield's yeah. going to drop. They're still slated for the first half of this year. Skull and Bones looks like it's never coming out. <laughs> yeah. You were talking Minecraft earlier. Minecraft Legends is slated for uh, 2023 oh, yeah, as yeah. well. Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, is slated for this year at some stage as well. So we've got a ton of games on their way. You know, Nightingale coming out in early access this year at some stage. Uh, we've got a Star Wars spin-off. Alan Wake 2 might come out this year. So we've got a lot of games with a pretty big asterisk beside them. Yeah. But as far as what's confirmed between now and the <laughs> back end of June, confirmed. there are some big titles. Confirmed. Yeah, in, in, in parentheses, yeah. confirmed. Yeah, just because... At we, time of recording. <laughs> yeah, just because we got a date doesn't mean it's uh, sol- solid. But uh, we'll see. We will see. We will see. But let's, uh, let's shift gears into the final part of this episode hungriest predictions and we are going to be predicting what we feel is going to happen or potentially happen in 2023 from a video game perspective and we've sort of tiered it we've gone like some small playing it safe predictions that feel like they're a really 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 high chance of happening and then we've got you know the more riskier medium lukewarm predictions and then we've got the the big boy predictions which are the spiciest of spices Mm. and uh, we can sort of check these off and play along at home throughout this year uh, for when these potentially do become a thing or maybe they just uh, get officially cancelled and nipped in the bud and then we're going to have a bit of a a punishment for the loser as far as who is the least accurate predictor for 2023 where they've got to eat something super hot, super spicy, maybe some kind of crazy chili or chili sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Literally eating a spicy take. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to fall on our sword. We're going to be held accountable by these predictions. We're going to track these predictions throughout the year. Miss Hart, did you want to lead us off with, um, did you want to just read off all of your, or do we go around the room? We'll bounce back and forth, or what do you think? Well, but someone decided to do one extra in this category, so I'll let you decide. <laughs> Let, let's go back and forth. Well, because I did one extra, I'll start off in the small playing it safe. Yeah. And my first prediction, as far as just a just a more of a, a layup, let's say. It's not a slam dunk. It's not a mad deep three-point shot. It's just an easy little finger roll layup and i'm gonna say there will be at least one new metal gear solid game announced in q1 of 2023 this can include a remake or remaster 
but at least one new Metal Gear Solid game will be announced in Q1. So we're talking between January and the end of March. We'll get an announcement for a new Metal Gear Solid game. I want to remind you, this was meant to be our safest ones. Like like the ones where we're like, I'm pretty certain this one's happening. And you went with that? It's it's a little bit, uh, a little bit ballsy. Very but ballsy. But there was some chatter on the internet this week with one of the, the voice actors for Metal Gear Rising uh, saying watch this space because it's the, the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Rising, if I recall, um, this past week. And they sort of said, you know, watch this space. It was very, <laughs> very broad, strokey, ambiguous nonsense. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that little breadcrumb and I'm going to run it all the way here to my prediction. So that's my first one. Miss Hart, what's your first playing it safe prediction for 2020? My very safe uh, prediction is, is that Zelda will be the game of the year. Okay, and are you saying, like, when... Because we've got to classify this in a way. So are you saying that's going to be, like, say, the Game Awards Game of the Year? Or do you want to say IGN? Like, we need I to mean, put the Game Awards, like, you know, like, I'm I'm assuming that in the grander scope of things, like, that's the one that people kind of focus on the more, mm-hmm. most. Um, it usually is probably the first time it gets announced in most, like, most outlets and stuff. So that's the first place you kind of mm-hmm. see it. So I'm just going to say, yeah, the Game Awards, that um, Zelda okay. will probably be Game of the Year. Nice. Well, we'll find out when uh, Jeff Keighley announces those winners in uh, around December of 2023. I feel that that's... That's a pretty good guess. Hmm. It's a pretty safe bet, I think. Uh, everyone loves them some Zelda. Hmm. So uh, we'll see if that translates to award season come the end of the year. My second playing it safe prediction, which is, yeah, I guess this is a little risky too. But I'm saying the Blizzard Activision deal. So uh, Microsoft obviously have been trying to acquire Blizzard Activision now for over 12 months. I'm saying it does indeed go through and it's going through in 2023 so this deal will be made official between now and december 31st of 2023 and then to be a bastard my second (laughs) safe guess is that i'm saying that the blizzard activision deal will actually get pushed back and it won't be uh closing this year oh okay well one of us are definitely going to be right or wrong this year on that one yeah so we'll see we'll see it's it's the most divisive uh it's it's the spiciest i think uh constant churn of news that we've got and we'll be focusing on or not focusing on but hearing about this year because uh yeah the ftc and everyone else is uh not too happy about it so we'll see yeah they keep on come on 2023 (laughs) come on daddy needs a new car uh my last playing it safe prediction i'm going to say that we are going to finally see some type of footage not leaked official footage from rockstar in regards to Grand Theft Auto 6. So maybe we see some gameplay footage at uh, Summer Game Fest or I don't think we're going to see it at E3 because that's something we'll talk about in a little while too in these predictions. But we're going to see some type of footage of gameplay in relation to Grand Theft Auto 6 from an official capacity in 2023. We got to, right? I Yeah, like a part of me is like, yeah, there's a chance. But then there's also like, man, like... They never, they never give us anything. Like there's, there's been just like a lot of denial, um, or a lot of yeah, yeah, we're we're working on things, but nothing like solid, nothing to kind of bring forward. So I don't know, maybe, may, like we, they, we could, like I feel like we're due, but I don't mm. know if they'll actually follow through with it. So yeah, 
And it's like, like you said, they don't, they don't need to because all you need to do is mention the name and people will be queuing up day one to buy it. Like I saw the charts for Australian and New Zealand this week and at the top of the charts again for this week was Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. a game that came out 7,000 years ago. Like it's still just printing <laughs> money, this franchise. Yeah. So they're not in any, any major rush to showcase something. But yeah. I feel 2023, they'll drop a trailer, excuse me, a gameplay teaser, something regarding to Grand Theft Auto 6 in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what is one of your medium slash a little risky takes for 2023? So my first medium risky take is that the Mario movie will achieve highest grossing video game movie, which will knock out Warcraft, which is surprisingly still the highest turnout for some fucking reason. Yeah, and it, it's not a good time. It um, is not a good time, that movie. I just, the second is like um, Pikachu, the Detective Pikachu. So mm. I, I feel like this Mario movie has a really good chance to finally like take the top top position. I think you could be very right. I think that movie is going to make a lot of money for Nintendo, a lot. Mm. And it would not surprise me at all to see it become the number one video game-based film of all time come the back end of 2023. So I think that's it's a risky, but I feel it's it's a pretty solid prediction right there. Yeah. Hmm. My one, this is very risky because it feels like it's never going to goddamn happen. <laughs> this is just wishful I, I thinking. I say this every year. <laughs> yeah, every year. Any chance I get, I mention this. And I would like to see a Dino Crisis remake finally be announced in 2023 so not saying the game comes out this year but they officially announce it capcom come out and say we've got dino crisis on its way getting remade from the ground up we get to see what regina and all these carnivorous creatures have been up to for decades now in nice 4k high fidelity mm, 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 all that good stuff we get a dino crisis remake announced because they can only remake Resident Evil games for so long. We're already got four coming out. And then we're getting to five and six where, you know, five could play and look a bit better with a remake, but we're getting to that point where it's like, is it going to be that big of a jump? Where Dino Crisis is decades old, so giving that a nice sexy coat of paint would be perfect for Capcom to do. So give me a Dino Crisis remake being announced in 2023. This is a man using our prediction section as like a, a make-a-wish section. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I push this agenda to whoever will listen. Like I I scream this remake demand from the rooftops any chance I get. So please, Capcom, please. You're my only hope. All right. What's your next medium tier of prediction here, Miss Hart? Uh, my next one is a bit of a dog move because it's a little bit vague just because I don't think I could be that good that I could... 100% predict this, but I feel like like maybe one or two of the video game adaptions that they've kind of put out into the universe, whether it be a series or movie, I feel like we're going to maybe see like a few cancelled. Okay, okay. Like I feel like that it, at first everyone got really am- ambitious and horny to make them, but we've seen Netflix, we've seen all the big streaming services just cutting, 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 like just cancelling shows left, right and centre. So I wouldn't be surprised if like they would just start like cutting their losses just before they can even really like give it a chance. So I feel like we're, okay. we're going to see like one of those gaming franchises into movie series just chopped. 
Are you saying chopped before they even get completed and hit the screen or like chopped as in yeah, yeah, like between season one to season two? No, no, like as or? in like they've announced it saying, oh, yeah, we're totally making it. But then they're just like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that anymore. The production just cancel okay. it. Like we're not doing it. Okay. So we've got a, a huge assortment that that could be pulled from. Obviously, like God of War, Horizon, Bioshock. Yeah. I think Twisted Metal's making its way because it feels like production on that's just about finished. Yeah. So I think that might be safe, but then there's a whole host of other ones. There on was the like, too, we, so. we started seeing like a range of just like different ones. This is a freaking Fallout one as well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. On, on Prime, on Amazon with Fallout, which is going to be interesting. So. Walton Goggins in there, yes. who I love. Perfect. Perfect for this universe. Yeah, so so I think I think that's a that's a good bet. It's risky but good. Yeah, it's it, like I I feel like it's in the it's decent for the medium riskiness. All right, my other medium riskiness is I'm going to say E3 is finally laid to rest. Obviously, E3 is back in a physical capacity in 2023 in Los Angeles, but I feel with all the drama regarding not only leaked personal data from attendees to just dwindling numbers and just inconsistencies with E3 over the last few years. I feel that E3 dies in 2023. This event will be their last. Okay, that was going to be my question. And they will not be back after 2023 as far as a, a big show floor exhibition. They might do some smaller things online, but this is the last of E3 as we know it. So this this last physical event in LA is it because things like summer game fest and then all these other sort of offshoots that that publishers do independently has become the norm i think it's a better way to do it i feel e3 is going to be dead in 2024 i yeah i can i can see that being a possibility um it'll make a lot of people sad but um it'll either get like dropped it'll either get reduced or it will get sold off or just like attached to some other kind of group, I think. So I think, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we're moving into the the big takes, mm. the extra spicy takes. Miss Hart, what is your first spicy hot take for 2023? My first spicy hot take is that Ubisoft finally gets purchased. They've been, they've been absolutely good. Um, I, I don't know if that makes it more enticing to purchase them or if it gives a person uh, willing to purchase a little bit of uh, wiggle room uh, on how much to offer, but it's a possibility someone could finally, you know, bite the bullet and buy Ubisoft. Yeah, like the, the Gamo family not doing themselves any favor as per usual. Uh, Eve said some pretty tone-deaf documentation and, and wording out to staff about trying harder and doing more and all this kind of bullshit. And I feel, even though they fought off the, the Vivendi takeover several years back now, I feel that maybe they are trying to cut bait here because they've cancelled what? They cancelled 10 games? Mm. Some some announced, some were unannounced in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's very uh, tumultuous over there at Ubisoft and maybe they're just trying to make their operating costs very lean to make the business look more profitable for a eventual purchase. So I think you're uh, on the money here. Yeah, because Tencent is, uh, what, like a 9% owner, I think I believe. So we could see them do maybe a full purchase um, or we can maybe see maybe another group kind of get involved. But, yeah, it's possible. It wouldn't surprise me because, yeah, it is – 
you know, easy, easy sort of metaphor here. But yeah, the seas are, uh, are very wild over there. Skull and Bones is not the only thing facing those <laughs> turbulent waves oh boy. at Ubisoft. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense if if they do eventually get acquired by who? Who knows? Who knows? But I feel they could be gone. And that is going to weave directly into my similar prediction. I'm going to say that both Square Enix and Sega are acquired in 2023. Not by the same entity, but I feel that both of these companies get purchased in 2023. Uh, I'm not going to commit to, to the prediction about Square from an official capacity, but I'm going to say... Sony are going to buy Square Enix, but that's not part of my official prediction. I'm saying both of them are going to be acquired in 2023, but, you know, in brackets, Sony buy Square, Sega, I don't know. Nintendo. But I feel that they're both getting acquired in 2023. Yeah. With Square Enix, yeah. Yeah. Sega, I'm kind of surprised, actually. Kind of felt like that they would have been under the banner of someone already by now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's, uh, what's your final... Hot, hot, hot prediction. So spicy that it will <laughs> erode the taste buds. This is me just being a little defiant and kind of uh, just, I guess, pushing my agenda forward. But uh, my last spicy take is is that two indie titles will make it into the Game of the Year lineup. Okay. So that ties into the Game of the Year awards again. So that's yeah. going to be the, the measuring stick we work off. Yeah. Are you feeling extra bold and you want to throw a title out there that you feel could be in there or are you going to play it a bit safe? I'm going to play it safe Um, only because we also have this experience with the indie titles that sometimes, sometimes an indie title just comes out of nowhere and everyone's just pleasantly surprised. Vampire survivors. But, you know, so there's, there's, there's a lot of possibility there. But like I said, this is more me just like really pushing for indie titles to just get out there and, you know, show who's who in the... In the zoo. So, yeah. Two Indies, Game of the Year possibilities. I like that. I like that. Yeah, Zelda is a pretty small title, so I don't know <laughs> little, if you'll be <laughs> able to get away with that falling into the indie bucket. But uh, we'll see what 2023 brings from an indie release. My last bold prediction, I'm going to say that Sony announces a new handheld console. Whoa. See, the, the PSP and Vita are... Uh, in the console graveyard these days, but I think off the continued success of not only the Nintendo Switch, but things like the Steam Deck and, you know, the the Logitech version that they've got out now and some of these other brands building their own little cloud-based streaming platforms in a handheld format, I feel Sony are going to jump back on that horse and ride down that road there again. So Sony are going to announce a new handheld console in 2023 akin to the uh yeah the steam deck as far as the easiest comp that i'm thinking of that's what they're gonna do in 2023 do you think that's a very bold idea considering they're just only now trying to push out vr a little <laughs> a little bold it's 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 uh you know i don't know if that strategy is going to pay off cotton if we're going to do a dodgeball <laughs> easy dodgeball metaphor there but um yeah i feel i feel they maybe want to diversify their portfolio a little bit and bring out some new hardware and a handheld console. People love gaming on the go. And I don't know if there'd be any type of synergies with the PSVR 2 there, but I feel if you could use, you know, your various tiered PS Plus membership now, which does support cloud streaming, if you could cloud stream your PSVR or PS Plus memberships into this 
don't know what they call it. Device. You know, the Vita, the Vita Two or whatever. That is the way to go. So uh, yeah, Sony are going to announce a new handheld console in 2023. It might not come out till the following year or whatever. Mm. But we get that announcement this year. That's my final spicy hot take. Sony get back into the handheld gaming on the go space. Lock it in, Eddie. Lock it in. But yeah, we will keep up to date with this. And when these do potentially come off the board, we will uh, score them accordingly and and sort of see how we go throughout 2023 and then um, find out who wins and loses. And uh, yeah, we'll eat some type of crazy hot based spicy pepper sauce, whatever, as we record at the end of the year. So uh, you'll be able to hear and see all that pain and punishment being dealt out on THG sometime in 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, what comes to fruition there from our respective lists. I feel we've got some some pretty good, pretty varied predictions there that all have merit. Yes. I mean, some of us are, you know, pushing our own agenda out there, but um, for the most part, I think we've done pretty good at gauging the space and how, you know, things kind of work or how things kind of just happen. That's it. That's it. Listeners, if you've got some uh, some spicy predictions, send them our way on the socials at We Are 8-Bit or in our Discord. Just drop them in there because I'd love to see what everyone else out there is thinking may or may not happen in 2023 good, bad, or otherwise. So, yeah, let us know your predictions, but let's move into the final part of the podcast. New releases and events. As far as podcasts coming out your way, we've got the debut episodes of More Than Hentai popping up on those podcast RSS feeds. So if you just search More Than Hentai, an anime appreciation podcast on your respective podcast player of choice, subscribe to it, rate, review it, Give us some feedback because, uh, yeah, it's a new concept. It's a new podcast. It's the first official anime-based podcast under the 8-Bit banner there. So let us know what you think, good, bad, or otherwise. As far as things coming to the small screen, obviously The Last of Us Episode 2 is coming out on HBO slash Binge slash Foxtel. And next weekend, the 2023 WWE Royal Rumble is upon us. It is Royal Rumble slash WrestleMania season, baby. So uh, any wrestling fans out there, get excited to check that out next weekend. As far as movies coming to the big screen, we've got Tar coming out uh, with uh, Australia's Kate Blanchett starring in that film. She just uh, took home some Critics' Choice Awards for that just past week as well. And games coming out this week ahead for Spoken, NBA All-World, Warlander, Devolver, Tumble Time, (laughs) Oddballers, Shoulders of Giants, and Dead Space all coming out between January 23 through to January 29th. Plenty of things to keep you busy there, Miss Hart. Yeah, some big titles there. Also, Devolver Tumble Time just looks great. It really does. It really does. And if uh, outside of those games and TV shows and films, if you wanted to occupy some of your time this coming week on the 28th of January... The Player 2 Charity Marathon is uh, moving into its sixth year and they are supporting the Terry Campisi Foundation and it uh, has raised over $22,000 to date in that six years of its existence. This year, they are focusing on what they're calling Breaking the Cycle and that is a program that the foundation has put together that is uh, working with teens from troubled backgrounds coming together for six months of training, life skills, coaching and team building under the watchful eye of several mentors, culminating in a trip to Papua New Guinea to complete the Kokoda track. So, uh, you know, that's that's a big six months of dedication there. The success of this program 
has seen over 90% of past participants going through to uh, gainful employment or further studies. So it's uh, good to see the Terry Campisi Foundation doing very great things. Terry Campisi is an ex-Australian New South Wales and Canberra Raider rugby league player living mm-hmm. down there in Queanbeyan, the uh, the jewel of New South Wales, as some might say. But uh, to check out more information on that, you can head over to player2.net.au or the Terry Campisi Foundation.org.au. And if you wanted to get access to the direct donation links, it'll be in the show notes as well. But you can check that out over at twitch.tv forward slash player2au on January 28th. And for every $5 you donate, you go into the draw to win thousands of dollars worth of prizes from publishers and developers such as Xbox, PlayStation, Steel Series, Five Star Games, EA, Bandai Namco, 2K, Play On, Ubisoft, and many, many more. So twitch.tv forward slash player2au watch the fantastic crew over at player2 they're doing their thing for charity and uh throw whatever dollars you can towards this fantastic fantastic charity based event yeah uh, we should make like you know a lot of focus in our uh, notes here for like charities and such because um there's a lot of people out there doing great things and i one thing i love about the gaming gaming space is we all are pretty good at coming together and supporting good causes so Show them some love. I completely agree. Completely agree. Show them some love. Show them some dollars because it's all going to a very fantastic cause. But yeah, full links in the show notes of the episode there. So just click on through. If you can uh, yeah, dip into your pocket and throw some money their way, I know they'll be eternally grateful. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of episode 313, the first official episode of THG for 2023. Anything else you want to say before we close this sucker down? It's good to be back. Yeet, yeet. All right, 8-Bit Nation, we are out of here for now, but uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8-Bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.